welcome to the Hunters Hub, the video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community, but we are not talking any Monster Hunter tonight because Sasha dropped a bomb of a topic on us over the week. So we'll get into that very soon, but this is your host, Fortwan, joined by co-host Sasha. How is the evening treating you? Um, well, the caffeine is kicking in. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I got myself really geeked out about something that doesn't really exist. How's the evening treating you guys? I'm managing. I just realized I didn't grab any drink, so I might have to do that at some point. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm managing. Cool breeze coming through the window over here. Literally, there's a window on each side of the computer. So if it blows the right, right way it might come on to me maybe but i'm probably gonna get sweaty while we're <laughs> talking tonight and uh ace bud how's it going doing pretty good kind of tired had a sort of busy night and then busy morning so the, for a nap. the kiddo kiddo getting up in the night or no mainly just work and sleep schedule so yeah i understand that i we got the so as of right now for context for people listening breath of the wild 2 slash tears of the kingdom came out yesterday and i have played a total of like 30 minutes of it i have not played it hardly at all (laughs) that's 30 more minutes than i've played i've put in a couple of any zelda (laughs) Like, I'm seeing these things on Twitter that feel like spoilers now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I don't have the time to play like that, guys. Hold on. I got the kids. Now, we did see the Mario movie a second time today. I took them to the theaters to see it again. And uh, the after credits uh, scene is still as fun as ever. Because, I mean, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just a Yoshi egg. And it cracks. And then you hear the, the iconic, and then the movie ends. And... They were like, no, we want to see it. I was like, you've already seen that part. Like, okay, it's fine. Let's. So we were literally the last person in the theater, like just the three of us. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. So have you seen it yet, Ace? Nope. I have not. Okay. I I know Sasha has. A couple weeks ago, I saw multiple streams on TikTok of people being in theaters and streaming it on Mm. their accounts and i'm like i don't have the patience to sit here and watch it on my phone yeah like there's no reason for this well when you get get around to seeing it uh second watching i would say it is just as fantastic like i thought i was being like nostalgic and i'm like Mm -hmm. no it's legitimately a good movie like i've heard good things about a nice a nice fun movie like it's not super deep not super dark and with me re-watching lord of the rings thank you your stupid theory ace that has been oh so have oh. they have they spoken to each other yet in front of you or here's here's the thing they do not speak to each other so no directly no however however and this is where i figured the theory is going to fall apart there are mentions of specifically Legolas talking to Aragorn, knowing Frodo's name, and there are mentions of 
Frodo talking to other people saying Legolas's name. So to to narrow it down to only them talking to each other is not sufficient. <laughs> so you came with receipts. I did. I didn't watch them all, but I did a lot of research. Now, according to the, in the books, there is direct dialogue between Legolas and all of the hobbits several mm-hmm. times. So that's why it doesn't even that's like it's called a film theory for this one in particular, because the moment you bring the books into question, it's it's entirely acidine. Like there's no chance. <laughs> it's like proven wrong within like chapter four. <laughs> so. OK, but yeah, no, that was that was my focus this week until we got this question and then that was my focus. And then today and yesterday was the Diablo 4 beta getting my my because uh, they did the server slam this week. They're like, hey, come slam our servers. And they made it sound as sexual as possible, which is kind of funny to me. Um, and uh, yeah, the server slam went really well. Like the login times and queues were non-existent to 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 my experience was able to get in, level up a character, defeat the world boss, Ashava, uh, after a second try, because uh, I failed the first attempt. And, uh, yeah, that's done. So now I can play more Breath of the Wild. I did not finish Star Wars. Didn't even come close. Like, I barely got out of the first area still. So, Breath of the Wild it is. But uh, without further ado, uh, Sasha, would you like to describe it tonight? since it was your idea? Sure. So I've been watching a lot of HBO and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's kind of a formula for a lot of their TV shows. Um, But in general, the Last of Us show had me thinking, what if another video game franchise got the HBO treatment? And, you know, Mm -hmm. how would we cast, fan cast our favorite show? And what would the outline to the first season be? Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't know how you want to handle this because I feel like it's not an easy... I I think the casting and the outline would have to be together for all of us. So I think it's going to be a lot of one at a time tonight. I'm going to save myself for last because I know I'm probably going to be the longest just based on my cast list and the game I chose. Fair um, enough. So, Sasha and Ace, you guys want to decide uh, between each other how you, who wants to go first. Um, but uh, my theory is that we're not going to be talking about the outline of what happens in the show as much, and mostly about the cast or interactions, because I, I feel like, despite the premise of being season one, I think there's implications of setting up things in season one, like many HBO shows. So. Yeah, I'm thinking that at least for how I was going to present was peppering the cast in as I explained each episode. Sure. Uh, I have to explain the episode and I would like to have peppered the cast in, but then we'd be here forever explaining everything. So I'm going to lightly explain the outline and then go into the cast, which will inform the story to a degree. And I would I will say right now, Heavy spoilers tonight for Octopath Traveler 2. So. Warning people again that I have already spoiled this game entirely. 
before. So, so all right. Uh, I guess which one uh, I, did we decide he was going first? We have not. Okay. Doesn't matter. Ace, we'll me. just make it you. We'll go. We'll go counterclockwise according to the screen. <laughs> so is that me? You're. Yep. You're up. Okay. So, I mean, as I indicated in the the planning chat with my gif, uh, I went with my obvious pick of Dead Space. It's been sure. one of my favorite games of all time, and I feel like it. The uh, TV sl- show slash movie space is uh, missing some decent sci-fi horror. So I feel like it'd be good to get a really nice... Uh, I mean, movies movies have a good sci-fi horror catalog. I don't think shows do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think that works out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I would say we could, with the TV show, it could mostly stick to the... Uh, chapters each being an episode so oh so straight up with the game yeah so each each episode is gonna have its it's gonna have the chapters from the game that uh spell out the uh spoiler of nicole is dead so i think Mm -hmm. that's what 11 i want to say 13 something like that um 12. So, 12. If I'm if I'm spelling it right, I just counted on my fingers. So 12. Yeah, so it'd be a 12 episode series. Um and it which isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it'd be more than The Last of Us was. I felt like they kind of rushed some aspects of the story, but overall I think the pacing was pretty good. I think it'd be nice to uh definitely flesh out the environment of dead space especially the uh usg ishimura because Mm -hmm. that's i would say one of the more iconic spaceships in sci-fi gaming just because of the history behind it and the lore behind it as well as the dead space universe overall so having played you you beat the new remake version right I have not yet. Okay, so I was gonna ask: Is there, are there fundamental differences between the games that you would want to pick one version over the other for the show? Uh, mm. Yes, namely there is a very good change of Isaac having a propulsion system on his suit right away, so yeah. you don't have to jump from surface to surface. In zero gravity, you can just jet around, which makes maneuvering around and getting around in zero gravity areas far less tedious. And then also, there are two sequences in the game. Mainly, I would go with the change for the first one of the asteroids shooting section. Um, They change it from being a straight up, like, arcade shooter where you have to get all the different ones to you have to go down this trench and mm-hmm. sync up each blaster with your plasma putter. So you're aiming at the asteroids and pulling the trigger, but it's the ion cannons that shoot. So once you sync that up and take enough shots that 
recalibrates it and streamlines it uh i was able to even though i didn't understand it right away i was able to do it on my first run without okay you know dying over and over and over again which didn't happen so much on like the easy and medium settings in like the old game but like on hard mode and the uh I'm not sure if it's zealot in the original dead space uh but it becomes fairly frustrating to try and get all the s as many of the asteroids as you can and still survive right um there were many a time many a time where i was just exploded and i had to put the game down and go do something else because i was just getting beyond frustrated that I could not get oh, past yeah. this one base, like simple task to move on with the story. So that's definitely something I would keep. Um, I would definitely in terms of like a technical thing, I would definitely keep, keep a close mind on sound design because the ways that they changed up sound design in the game for the remake also enhance the experience because that's like sure. one of the things that i brought up when they released their uh development video was that they made the audio uh change depending on where you were so like there's that infamous scene where you go around go down a long corridor go around a corner and come back down uh, where you see a guy banging his head against a wall and eventually splits it open and kills himself they mm -hmm. instead of just having it be sort of one uh equal level of sound it starts out really like muted and grows as you get to that corner and then uh you get like the full sense of it once you get to it uh so i definitely keep those like environmental aspects in mind and then additionally sure. i would definitely definitely have a uh body horror thing going on um i think i oh, definitely yeah. want to part of part of the reason why this being an hbo show works is because they can be graphic and they can be gory with these kind of things too yeah so i my cast is pretty star-studded i would say um oh yeah i oh, think i, I would definitely want to bring a lot of the uh voice actors slash motion capture capture action actors in and have them uh, be creature feature or like body horror type stuff either have them oh, be okay. survivors because there are various like survivors that you run into that uh, either die from their wounds or get killed off by certain people so okay. so so kind of play an homage to the original people while casting i mean like i said i saw the mario movie today and they do a lot of that uh, i mean Charles Martinet, even though he didn't get to voice Mario, which a lot of people were sad about, he plays mm -hmm. two characters in the Mario movie. He plays both Jumpman and he plays Mario's father in, okay. the, in the show. So, nice. yeah, I, I that's a great idea. That that way you can you know get people to come based on the actors and still pay homage to the game actors essentially. Yeah, I think it'd be because I th if I remember correctly in the. Uh remake there is a 
person who gives you the the pulse rifle i think it'd be i think it might be a woman but i would change it to the uh gunner right who's like a okay survivor quote unquote who then dies in the process of like <laughs> finally just bleeds out yeah uh, but getting onto my cast uh mm-hmm. since i've been getting back into star wars and since i recently uh Rewatched. Oh, I showed the girls episode one the other day, uh-huh. and we watched part of episode two today. They got disinterested because it's too <laughs> political. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, sort of. Uh, and then since I also rewatched Doctor Sleep, um, mm-hmm. my Isaac oh. Clark is gonna be Ewan Gregor. Yeah, I knew uh, as soon as you said Doctor Sleep, I was like Ewan McGregor is coming out for this one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He he is definitely uh especially with, you know, Star Wars with him being Obi-Wan Kenobi both in the movies and then uh the series for uh Disney Plus and then also uh yeah, doing Doctor Sleep and then uh what is it? Train Spotting. I definitely think uh his his acting has grown a lot in recent years and he would be a good choice for someone who is uh... oh i think he's always been a stellar actor um one of the big mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies big fish he plays the main character in that and he's stellar in that and that was well before any of this resurgent stuff mm-hmm. but yeah. go ahead sorry i mean i've always liked him and I, yeah i mean just re-watching dr sleep i think he did a phenomenal job in that of playing uh adult Danny Torrance, you know, growing up with, uh, what he experienced and then, uh, how, uh, his ability to shine affected him. I mean, just the, uh, idea of the, uh, death flies, how he would always see those around people who are about to die. And then his own mother was covered in her face was covered in them before she died was sort of like a, really disturbing visual to think of. Uh, yeah. And also because I watched Dr. Sleep, I think Rebecca Ferguson would be a very good choice to play a Nicole Brennan, Isaac's girlfriend. Because uh, Can you remind me who Rebecca Ferguson is? Is that, I'm is not... that Rose, Rose the Hat? Rose the Hat. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think she... Uh, definitely definitely plays that sort of like twisted character very well sure and i think it would be a very very entertaining to see her you know play that first initial bit of um at least in the first season essentially being that girlfriend who isaac is trying to save and then reunites and i think it'd be interesting to put like little hints with like the dialogue and like facial expressions and stuff like that as to okay. hinting that you know she's not there and she's just a hallucination um yeah and then Kendra Daniels who is one of the uh crew members who arrives with Isaac but then turns out yeah. to actually be a unitologist which is the uh 
cult-like religion in the Dead Space lore, who is obsessed yeah. with the marker despite not understanding that it will destroy humanity. There is right. no, like, harnessing it or harnessing its powers to advance humanity. It's just destruction. Or the evolution, as some people would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would go with Emily Swallow, who plays Amara in Supernatural, for Supernatural fans out there, or the Armorer in Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. That's what I would know her from. I did not watch Supernatural. So she, she definitely comes across like a strong-headed character in the performance performances that I've seen. I mean, she played uh, Amara in Supernatural, who was um, God's sister or the darkness for the mm. Supernatural lore. Um, okay. I mean sort of just her uh at least some people would say with how they had her act through the seasons and especially with this season with the uh sort of bait and switch that they had her her uh armor character being kind of cold definitely fits with uh Kendra's behavior especially towards the end of the game where you know she just reveals to Isaac that He's been hallucinating Nicole the whole time. And it's just like, yeah, sucks to suck. I'm going to take this marker. Peace. Uh, yeah. And then I was kind of split on Zach Hammond between uh, three, three actors. Um, okay. I want, wanted to go with uh, Lance Reddick, but he has passed away, unfortunately. Like oh, it was okay. like a month ago or so. I mean, he's been in everything. He was also in Doctor Sleep, so I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of unfortunate that my uh, Doctor Sleep family came came through so much, but not him. Um, so I'm kind of split between uh, Idris Elba or Mahershala Ali for the role of Zachary Hammond, who is the captain of the crew that lands on the USG Ishimura. Um, yeah. But I think Idris Elba just sort of edges it out because he's had that, you know, sci-fi commander role who sacrifices himself in two, two movies, Pacific Rim and uh, uh, Prometheus. Yeah. And okay. I think one of the way one of the things that I'd change up though is I'd have, you know, since Isaac Clark would very obviously be speaking and wouldn't just be silent protagonisting it through the whole entire TV show. Um, I definitely have uh, Zach's or Hammond because they really just refer to him with the, his last name in the game. I'd have his sacrifice as he fights one of the. Uh, behemoths the tanks the tank necromorphs the big brutes uh, i'd actually have him do some meaningful damage and partially dismember it before he gets taken out sure uh, because i mean they've got stasis and kinesis and stuff like that and 
I'd like to think that Isaac would be like stasis him and shoot him in the back of the legs because he's yeah. all the brutes are all armored up on the front so you can't really take them out that way you've got to get around behind them uh, yeah so that's definitely one thing I'd change up um, okay and then I think another aspect I'd change up to is I'd have scenes that show what happened to not painting the full picture of what happened with the initial outbreak, but scenes depicting where we see on security footage, because that is an aspect of the game I'd have. Okay. Do like the show security footage that then transitions into like the scene and specifically one of the bigger moments um, for both the video game and then the uh, animated movies that came out uh, mm -hmm. was Captain Benjamin Matthias, his death and his sort of role during the outbreak and after. Um, I'd have him be played by uh, Sam Neill, another okay. sci-fi alum. Event Horizon, very good. So I like it. Yeah. Especially with uh, the want to say it's dead space aftermath i think that was the first animated movie that came out they sort of there was really... a few yeah that and that's what i was going to say when you pick dead space it's not like it's unprecedented that you got visual media it's definitely yeah. had that they've also got so. novels but i will i doubt i'll ever have access to those because those are both out of print and then people are like scalp selling I, them for like hundreds of dollars so as much as i actually like reading novels or listening to them um i find that most video game novels are lacking personally i have read a few i've read a few of the diablo ones i've read a few of the doom ones like they're a ride <laughs> I, I think the uh, the doom ones are infamously bad so mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd 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 come at that one with a with a bit of hesitation. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think Sam Neill would be a good fit. Sort of uh, flipping and combining his role from Event Horizon, uh, yeah. with him being the captain of the ship who then goes insane, and is uh, unfortunately or I guess fortunately killed. But then uh, his body does end up getting transition to a necromorph by one of the uh bat infectors uh, okay yeah <laughs> okay and then uh dr terence kine who uh, uh helps isaac out and then is uh later killed by kendra in the game i would have him okay. played by uh Belen skarsgård okay Stellan Skarsgård has been a pretty, pretty great actor. Uh, I recently finally got around to watching and finishing up uh, Andor, and he was pretty good in that double agent role. I thought that was pretty okay. interesting to see. And then he's also been in a number of different works, uh, most notably Chernobyl recently, so... I've always liked his acting. And then 
last but certainly not least, uh, least uh, Dr. Callus Mercer. Mm-hmm. He is the chief science officer who is a unitologist and sees the uh, outbreak and the necromorphs as the next evolution of humanity. And yeah. through throughout the game, he is definitely an antagonist and works against you both like blocking off doors uh, killing people in front of you getting them infected and then also uh, unleashing his creation the uber morph against you the uber morph (laughs) that's such a fun name I mean it just respawns endlessly yeah I don't know what else you would call that Maybe uh, just no, be immortal. I, just, I, I like the I like the name. It's uh-huh. funny. Um, um, I would have him be played by Michael Mondo, who, if you don't know, he was Nacho in Better Call Saul, and he show. was also Zaz in uh, Far Cry Three. I think his okay. name is Zaz. Uh, He's a phenomenal actor and uh, didn't play that game either. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, But yeah, yeah. In uh, better call Saul, because I got it, got into that in recent years. He was very good in that. And, or Voss, Voss is what it, what it is. That's his name. Okay. Um, he was also, I'm sure other people know what you're talking about. That's just a, a gap in my. Do you remember TV from knowledge. the the game trailer that they constantly showed? Do you know the definition of insanity? Yes, that guy. That one. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Then I then I do know that performance. Yes. Yeah, and if if I remember correctly, I think it was Far Cry Five or Far Cry Six. I want to say it was Five. They have him make a voice cameo at in the end credits i believe oh that's fine he was also in spider-man homecoming as mac gargan um the character who i believe they were setting up to be the scorpion oh the guy who talks out against birdman and gets blasted yeah okay yeah but yeah he he definitely does a really really good uh, character actor does a really good like intimidating speech right before uh, he goes out in Better Call Saul yeah and I think he'd be a perfect fit for a uh, and I mean being Voss uh, I think he'd definitely do a very good job of playing a unhinged cultist who is just killing people and you know letting them get mutated and added to the hive mind so sure that's my main cast uh they did add some other people for the remake and i mean there were initial crew as well but i mean i didn't really want to cast super go hard into casting people who are gonna die in like the first 10 to 15 minutes of the show yeah that makes sense i mean 
now we're, we're going to get into trouble with my thing is like everyone that I've casted has a significant role in their story. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to cast so many people, but I totally left out insignificant that were still actors, you know, that may need to be there, you know, like people who would die really quickly or, or that kind of thing. Or you had to get this one thing from this one guy and it'll be like, yeah, they'd be a good cameo role, but like nothing else. So I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dead Space the movie. Um, last question, not not the movie, the show. Uh, last question for you: Do you have a director in mind or something like that? I mean, I feel like I'd maybe want to go with Mike Flanagan, just because he's sure. been doing really good with horror. Um, okay. Now, Maybe directing have... a show and, and a movie so are this, totally different it's things. Make He's us done cry. both movies. He's done both movies and shows. You want Dead yeah. Space to make you cry. That's what you want. Yeah. Well, try we after want to feel pissed and shit yourself we want... screaming. We, yeah. we want to feel the loss of Nicole. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. So. Okay. I like it. That was, you know, even though we expected you to go dead space, I still, I like your casting choices there. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Hey, it's ACE. We're going to talk about dead space for an hour. It was no, I was like, I actually enjoy, you know, hearing like how you would portray certain characters and that kind of thing. Cause ultimately the way I put this is like, we're kind of like the producer director on this situation because it is kind of our vision. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I get it. Okay, cool. But yeah, I could. And then like I was saying with Dead Space 2, if uh, he wasn't gone, I would say Lance Reddick would make a pretty good, uh, forget, Director Tideman, I think. Something like mm-hmm. that. For... I, I don't, I, I've, I only know about Dead Space 2. I don't, I don't have any context. To... All I know is they stab him in the eye at one point. Well, yeah, Isaac gets stabbed in the eye. Yeah. He gets some sort of injection in the eye. And and I remember that being a big squeamish thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Hans Tideman. Yeah, so it was Tideman. Okay. Um, Like, especially with Horizon Zero Dawn, he's definitely... uh, Lance Reddick has definitely played that sort of uh, two-faced and, like, two three steps maybe even 10 steps ahead of everyone especially uh sure. aloy because in this in the first game and i would say also in the second game he definitely uh manipulates aloy a lot and like plays on her naivete in the first one just because that's like her sort of coming of age story hmm got you Okay. And then uh, Nolan Strauss would then be another interesting uh, casting choice. I think I might go with Elijah Wood for that role. Uh, Nolan Strauss is a survivor from the USG Ishimura who Mm -hmm. is also insane. And, I mean, if you've seen his works, Elijah Wood, Wood has done very good with uh, horror. 
Yeah. I mean, he did that. Um, that's him, right? In Sin City. He plays the creep. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, there's also a more recent one, too. I, I don't know. I've been called. watching a lot of Frodo, so it's hard to see him <laughs> not as a hobbit. Yeah. Again, true. thanks thanks to you to your theory that you brought up. <laughs> yeah. And then uh I think for uh Ellie Langford, I think Rosario Dawson would be a pretty good fit for that character sure. because she's a headstrong person and definitely competent with taking down necromorphs and defending herself. Uh and if you've seen Death Proof Rosario Dawson's yeah. character in that is pretty great and gets the final final shot on Kurt Russell's shithead character in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So uh that's uh that's a lot for Dead Space, but okay. Um I don't know, dude. I never, I never get through it. It's a, to me, it's like a one man show kind of deal with Isaac. But there are other characters, sure. But yeah, it shows how much I know about the game. Yeah. Even though I've tried to play it several times, and I do know about you know some of the characters. Cool. Uh, okay. So uh, moving on, Sasha. Let's uh, let's hear what your surprise show is. Even though it's probably you said it's on brand. So. Yeah, I mean it's on brand for me. Um, yeah. So, I picked Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So, on brand. However, where I went my own way is I did not pick the events of Fallout New Vegas for my show. I picked mm-hmm. a lot of the history of the characters um, and things that you get from talking to characters, playing specific run-throughs of the game, terminals, like, quests, all the actual lore. Is is this before the player wakes up in the vault, essentially? Well, you get shot in the head in the beginning of Fallout New Vegas. Oh, sorry, yes, that one. So, yes. It's Fallout! I just expected a vault! I'm sorry! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, no, this will all be, essentially, everything leading up to you getting shot in the head. Sure. Um, so we're we're Star Wars prequeling it. We're we're prequeling Darth Vader. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 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 We are. Um, so there will be characters that are in Fallout New Vegas, but some of them are oh, yeah. a lot younger. Um, and you know because it's HBO, you got to make it sexy. So certain characters may be a little more attractive than they are intended to be in the game sure. because it's HBO. And you want Mm -hmm. people to want to watch this. Um, So I went pretty deep on this. Um, So I did an eight episode arc. And it's going to start in the year 2246. Okay. We open on Joshua Graham, who is the burned man. um, Who's he's not a burned man right now. He's just a normal man. Oh, okay. Um, Joshua Graham is played by Sean Bean and he is with Edward Sallow 
who yeah yeah we will uh we will know later to be kaisar but edward sallow is just just edward right now uh he's played by alexander skarsgård because it's hbo you know gotta make it sexy sure um so joshua graham and edward sallow um they have been captured by a Blackfoot tribe, and they are being ransomed to the followers of the apocalypse. They were on initially just a research mission. Um, what they were doing for the followers of the apocalypse was learning some of the dialogue of the different tribes so that they could better serve the community, because the followers of the apocalypse are essentially the medics of the wasteland. So yeah. they've been captured by the Blackfoots. Um, and the followers are not coming to help. They've denied oh. the, the ransom. And we That's get this kind of intro in the first episode that uh, the Blackfoots are one of eight tribes that are warring against each other out in the wastes right now. Um, and we're out like west in the United States. Well, the wasteland of the United States, and it's no longer that anymore. So that's our episode one. We move to episode two. And we start to really see that Edward is not not just this pretty face. He is really cunning. Um, mm-hmm. And Edward kind of reverse Stockholm syndromes his captors. And he trains them in the art of war. He trains them in gun maintenance, tactics, explosives, improv, military strategy. Just like all this stuff so that they essentially are going to be the best, like most prepared of these eight tribes that are warring in the okay. wasteland. Okay. So we just get get all this like get to know Edward. Um and we also get to meet uh get to know Joshua Graham who's like really really steadfast in his Mormon faith. Um he's really he's really upset that the followers of the apocalypse are abandoning them. Uh feels sure. like feels like they um put themselves out there for the good of the people and the people are not not coming for them. So he's dealing with that. Yeah. Then we move to episode three. So it's about almost a year after they've been initially captured. And we have a full-blown war of the tribes. Like, it has come to an apex. They are all fighting. Like, Anchorman, uh, Anchorman, like, style. Everyone's fighting. Fair fight. Um, The Blackfoots come out on top, and they make Edward their leader. And Kaisar's, they name him Kaisar. um, And they start to take on the whole uh, Roman troop thing and kaiser's legion is formed and what he ends up doing um is absorbing all the remaining like people that have survived this this battle so the tribes that have survived the men are made into slaves the women are made into essentially like breeding cattle and anybody that doesn't follow suit is killed yeah so then we go to episode four we're going to go back. We're going to flash back. Open in 2065. We see Mr. Robert House, who's played by Brian Cranston. He is a uh, he's an engineer. He's a robotics engineer and he's uh, used computer coding, computer systems to predict that nuclear exchange between China and the United States is going to happen. And he like to a date, like has it down, he knows it's going to happen. On October 23rd, 2077. So it's like 12 years prior to that. 
So he starts his plans, puts his plans in place to develop the countermeasures to try to stop mm. uh, the effects of nuclear war, the devastation that's going to happen to the United States if it happens. Well, when it happens, because he says, I know it's going to happen. This is where we learn about the platinum chip, which is like the central thing in New Vegas. So we learn mm -hmm. about the platinum chip. It gets made in Sunnyvale. Um, the chip is set to be delivered, so we get a little flash forward uh, to October 23rd, 2077. The chip is being carried by courier to Mr. House's place. Except yeah. the bombs drop 20 hours earlier than Mr. House predicted. Shit. Mm. Yeah. So, um, despite this, Mr. House does destroy 68 of the 77 ICBMs that are aimed in the Vegas area. So this is why New Vegas is different than Fallout 3 and some of the other Fallout areas in that a lot of it is not irradiated. Right. Okay. Um, Vegas is saved. Mr. House bunkers down in the Lucky 38. So we're going to go to episode 5. We return back to our timeline. It's 2271. Kaiser's Legion mm -hmm. has expanded west, like fully expanded west. They have 86 tribes absorbed into their legion now. They've established Fortification Hill over Lake Mead and the Colorado River. Tensions are mm -hmm. rising between Kaiser's Legion and the NCR, the New California Republic, which is essentially just a bunch of sharecroppers um, that are being defended by, like, guerrilla military um, troops. Yeah. But the NCR does have uh, does have a I think president. I actually did run into them when I played. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, the NCR does have a president named President Kimball. Uh, president Kimball is played by Eric Bana. Um, president Kimball puts into place uh, the Ranger Unification Treaty, which is all of these like smaller, like really small units of Rangers across the Mojave um, are all doing their own thing like it's very vigilante justice so he wants to pull them into the ncr um because they need this kind of help to defend what they think is this big looming threat of kaiser's legion because it's eight their 86 tribes to their grassroots sharecroppers mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that's our episode five um also within episode five what we get is uh somebody in the lucky 38 is busy um, and they have sent out a Securitron with instructions to a couple of tribes out near the Vegas border. Uh, mm -hmm. there's the tribe called the Slithican tribe. There's a mystery cannibal tribe. And then there's yeah. the Mojave boot riders and the Securitron goes out to them and says, basically, Hey, uh, we got, we got a couple casinos on the strip. And y'all got this Kaisar's threat out here. Maybe you guys want to come in, set up shop in one of these casinos, and work for us. So yeah. this is how we get the Omertas and Gamora. This is how we get the White Glove Society and the Ultralux. And this is how we get the Chairman and the Tops. Got you. Okay. So okay. You're, you're establishing all these groups. Yeah. So, and to tell you who plays some of these people... Um, the Omertas are uh, in Gomorrah, which if you didn't make it to Gomorrah, 
Um, they're kind yeah, of the the Sopranos of the strip. Yeah. Um, or like not even really the Sopranos. They're more like 1940s gangsters. So sure. you've got just for their leaders there, you've got this guy Nero. He's a charismatic, handsome guy. Um, and he leads all of the gangster group. He's played by Oscar Isaac. And okay. his right hand uh, man, his big burly uh like bodyguard, Big Sal, is played by David Harbour. Makes sense. And then we have the White Gloves, who part of their deal with the Securitron is that we will not talk about the cannibalism that their tribe engaged in out in the out in the wasteland. You know, they did what they had to do to survive. Um, and they take on the Ultra Lux, the White Gloves do. And we have Mortimer and Marjorie. So Mortimer is played by Damian Harriman, which if you don't know who that is, he plays Charles Manson in the Mindhunter series. And we have Marjorie, who's played by Jenny Slate. And then we also have the Tops, um, which has Benny. So you know Benny. He shoots you in the head in the very beginning of New Vegas. Um, But I feel like... I feel like Matthew Perry's a little too old now to play Benny, even though he voices Benny in the Aww. game. So I picked instead his counterpart in 17 again, Zach Efron. Okay. 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 So Zach Efron <laughs> is Benny, and he leads the tops. Um, and Benny's okay. got something going on, too. Little reveal sure. at the end of episode five. Of course five. he does. Yeah. So now we're in episode six. It's a... Uh, Let's see. Flash forward at like two, three years. It's 2274. The NCR, uh, still led by President Kimball, um, they've fully arrived in New Vegas. And like they're setting up shop and they're really trying to take over as to establish themselves as the dominant force of the strip. But remember, yeah. someone's been busy in Lucky 38. Somebody yeah. is in control of the Securitrons. Somebody hired these three houses to run the casinos. Um, But essentially we have more of the Omertas, the chairman, the white gloves really just being pissed off about the NCR now being on the strip. Um, And Benny has his own Securitron that he has used. He's hacked it somehow. And he's been able to get information from the lucky 38 and from some of the other casinos. So he's like full blown spy network. Uh, with sure. his yes man Securitron. We also get to see <laughs> okay. Free Side at this time. Oh, and Yes Man is played by David Cross. Well, he's voiced by David Cross. Good. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, we see Free Side, which is um, it's like it's the poor, the poor area of New Vegas. It's mm-hmm. not the strip. It's not the glitz and the lights and the glamour. It's the starving people and more of uh, it was part of it was hit by bombs. Um, So it's not irradiated, but it is severely damaged. Um, So in Freeside, we see the Kings. Um, The Kings are a gang that has set up in an impersonation school for Elvis impersonators. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're led by the King, uh, who's played by... 
Austin Butler because he's got to get that, like, you know, got, let's get it out of his system. He didn't win an Oscar, but he can be Elvis again. Um, yeah. And we also have, we meet the followers of the apocalypse officially. Now, all we've at this point learned about the followers of the apocalypse is that they're not very good to their people. Um, so at this point now, the followers of the apocalypse are like down to almost nothing. A lot of their people have left. They don't have uh, a lot of support. They have almost no money. They're working on donations and foraging and scavenging only. Um, wow. Okay. The two notable people, the followers of the apocalypse that you need to know, one of them is Arcade Ganon, who is one of the uh, companions in the game. He's voiced mm-hmm. by Zachary Levi. He's played by Zachary Levi in the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he um, does a great job as Shazam. So. And then we also have Julie Farkas, who's like the lead medic, and she's also the leader of the followers, like who what's left of the followers anyway. And she's like a cute, mm-hmm. punky, spunky. Um, she's got like a mohawk. She's younger. People don't really like think that she has it in her to lead because she's so young, but she's such a gifted medic that they don't really have much of a choice. She's played by Kristen Stewart. Okay. All right. Um, so that's what we got going on in episode six because we're leading up into episode seven. Um, oh, at the end of episode six, uh, we see that the NCR also has a foothold at the Hoover Dam. Um, yeah. And Kaiser's Legion is approaching. Mm. So episode seven is the first battle of the Hoover Dam, which is heavily referenced all through the game as like pretty serious defeat of the of Kaiser, like underdog upset. Oh, yeah. So we see mm-hmm. how it happens. Essentially, Kaiser's Legion uh, goes up onto the dam, um, and the NCR, uh, led by their um, the Ranger Chief Hanlon, played by Stephen Dorff. Mm-hmm. Um, he plans a tactical retreat. He pulls back um, a lot of the forces towards Boulder City. And the Legion falls for this. And their elite forces go to follow. And they are picked off by NCR Ranger snipers. Uh, all their elite forces are. So what's left wow. of them, led by the legate uh, Joshua Graham, Sean Bean, mm-hmm. um, they bum rush Boulder City. They're like, you know what? F this. We're going to take them out. Except Boulder City's booby trapped by Lee Oliver. General Lee Oliver, played by Michael Ironside. Okay. Um, All right. So Sean Bean dies again. Maybe. This is why I picked Sean Bean. Because you think he's going to die. Because he's Sean Bean. So okay. NCR, the Legion forces are pushed back. They are defeated. They're pushed back. Um, the Legate survives. But Kaiser is pissed. Um, so his response, how Joshua Graham becomes the burned man, happens at the end of the Battle of the First Hoover Dam. In that, Joshua Graham is covered in pitch, set on fire, and thrown into the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And he survives. Yep. Because yeah. he's the burned man. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know he survives in, you know, this. In the show. We just right, see yeah. it end in him being kicked 300 style into the Grand Canyon. 
which leads us to episode eight. Oh my gosh! I, I hold on. I just remembered something. I yeah. watched this thing. Did you, did you know that kick was improvised? No. Yeah, that kick and, and it's infamous. And it's infamous. It was actually improvised. They were trying to do a take that was like a lot more subtle, a lot more subtle, a lot more subtle. And then he was like, he was frustrating because he couldn't get it right. So he's just like, let me try something. And he's, the director's like, okay. And then he's like, this is Sparta. And he just kicks him off because he was frustrated because he kept getting the lines wrong or something. And then that's what they used. I like it. So right. I, I just a random fact I saw on YouTube not that long ago. Sorry. That's all right. Okay. So, um, so just like in HBO fashion, um, episode seven, the second to last episode of the series is the real banger of the series. Yeah. Um, so episode eight's really just going to kind of like tie things up and prep us for the next season. So in episode eight, um, we kind of get to see who has been in the lucky 38 doing all this shit. And it's like a very, 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 very old, like biblically old Mr. House. Still played by Brian Cranston, but he's like, you know, like seven hundred years old, like old, old, old. Looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he's being kept alive by all these machines and things, and he projects his face onto a screen, and he looks like young Mister House. Oh, okay. Um, we also learn that Benny, um, Benny's been monitoring all of Mister House's like incoming mail outgoing messages and he's learned that the platinum chip was being carried by a courier north of i-5 towards good springs and he happens to go there because he wants to get this platinum chip because he knows if he has the platinum chip that he can control all the securitrons on the strip Mm-hmm. And who's in charge of the strip now? Not the lucky 38, but the tops and the chairman. Gotcha. So we flash to the courier, courier six. Um, but mm-hmm. we also see other couriers because courier six is called courier six for a reason. He just happens to be the one carrying the platinum chip. There's couriers one through five as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do see courier six who's played by Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Nice. Um, nice. Okay. He's headed north towards Good Springs and he gets intercepted by Zach Efron and shot in the head. All right. And that's how it ends. Season Cuts one. Cuts credits. Cuts to credits. Okay. Um, oh, and I forgot to tell you guys who plays. Hang on. A couple others. Let me go down mm-hmm. my list. Uh, the Legget, the Legget Linnaeus. Uh, who replaces, who's going to replace Joshua Graham um, is going to be, I cannot say his last name, so I'm going to tell you it's um, Joaquin Hagar from Game of Thrones or he plays the Russian guard in Stranger Things. Uh, Tom, I don't know, W, Tom W is who's going to take over as the legate after Joshua Graham becomes the burn man. And then we also meet Mick and Ralph in Freeside. Um, and you remember from one of the other episodes, I talked about Mick and Ralph as how you get the pimp boy 3000. So I felt like Mick and Ralph should be kind of funny, charismatic, and also it's HBO. Got to make it hot. We got Mick played by Ryan Reynolds and Ralph played by Sebastian Stan. 
Okay. Okay. And that's that's my uh, that's my fall in New Vegas, and I would watch the shit out okay. of this. I mean, I probably would. I the the only reason why I haven't watched The Last of Us is because I played the games. So like, I don't feel like I'm going to garner a lot of new information watching the shows. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I will watch them. I'm not much of a show watcher, but you guys know that. So, you disappoint but, me. I mean, all the time. That's fine. <laughs> Some of the characters they make worse in a good way. Okay. But it's also been a long time since I've I played. It was my first PS4 game, and that Do you was remember when I David. It. No. Is David the the leader, the leader of the cannibals? leader of the? Okay, yeah, yes. They make his character so much more sinister and dark. Okay. I I maybe will watch it. I do have HBO Max. I can watch it. I just don't we'll give see. me that maybe but, shit. Watch it. No, it's a maybe. You know, you know my gaming schedule. You know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> All right. So uh, I I like this one. I probably would watch it just because I I have played Vegas, but I wouldn't hadn't finished it. So like, I'd be interested at least. Um, I do like the cast a lot. Um, to be fair though, you guys have touched on a few of my cast, like a few. So okay, there's okay. there's some crossovers here. I will say that you guys are much more aware of the TV world than I. So I don't. You guys have some actors in more popular TV shows than I do. Um, most of mine are movie people, but I mean you do have some movie people in there. So, uh, and I will say I don't think I cast Zach Efron, but I heavily considered him for a couple roles. Um, okay. Because he appeared in the actors in their 30s quite a bit uh, when I was looking for this. Um, so yeah, I'd, I think I'd I think I'd watch both of your guys' shows so far. Um, this is this is turning out to be really fun. Um, I'm going to have to go with mine a different way because if I talk about the plot, we're going to be here forever. So what I'm going to boil it down to is. First of all, I just really quickly, I, I told everyone immediately I was doing the Octopath, but I did consider other options. And I will say the big three options were uh, Octopath, with which, which being the largest cast with the most interpersonal relations. So that's a big thing for me about HBO shows. I was thinking Game of Thrones, that kind of stuff, where they have a lot of people. So I was like, okay, so what would have a lot of characters that would have some interactions? And then, so... Octopath Traveler 2 was obviously up there. I considered Octopath Traveler 1, but I'm more familiar with 2 because it's more recent. So mm-hmm. I picked that. But I also considered uh, Leap of Faith, the the uh, storybook game that I played that was uh, it was about the you know the, the girl who tried to commit suicide and you were it was like a dating sim and it was like really had like a lot of sex in it and stuff and I was really blown away by it. Um, not the sex, the, the story. Um, <laughs> but that would be like a perfect HBO show. It's very sexy. It's very, there's a lot of music in it. It would be like a very club kind of thing. So it, it'd be like, 
there'd be a lot of like you'd put a lot of sexy actors in there. You'd have a shit ton of sex scenes. I'm not even kidding. There would be a lot, and they'd probably put more in, and they'd probably put characters together. But the problem I would have with that is there's too many differing storylines that you can do because it's basically depending on who you date in the game will change up the ending quite a bit. So you kind of just like we talked about with Mass Effect, you know, off off show you kind of just had to pick a path and go with it and i wasn't super comfortable with that and i got that vibe from you also sasha you were like i don't like picking a path necessarily yeah that was that was one of the reasons i didn't pick mass effect i i wanted to the other reason is my work schedule but yeah i feel like i feel like for every person who feels very passionately about these types of choice role-playing games they all have their own like one true path right and like for me i i wouldn't accept any version of mass effect on tv that wasn't female shepherd romancing garris like waste waste my time with any other combination but that is not what other people's like one true path is so i you just can't make people happy so that's why i didn't pick that yeah yeah well and then conversely, so that's what made me think of Triangle Strategy. And if you guys remember, it was on my list last year. Triangle Strategy has a diverse cast and that kind of stuff. But its its story isn't as interesting as the ones in Octopath 2 is why I didn't pick it. It also has differing paths, but there is a quote-unquote golden path that is the true path. So you could just pick that one and make it so. But the golden path, I don't know, has more of a payoff if you've done a failed path before. So, like, that also kind of felt weird. And then, like, real quick, throwaway ones. I considered Oddworld, but I feel that didn't have much of a cast to work with. You basically have Abe and the Gluckens, and that would be, that would be it. You'd have to put a lot more characters into it. Um, I, most of my considerations were kind of trying to stick within the game story that we're seeing. So, like, trying to put some light on games that we haven't seen a lot of sales or that kind of stuff was my brain. Of course, it wouldn't work that way. If it didn't sell big, HBO wouldn't be making a show about it. But, you know. Anyways, without further ado, here's my plan for Octopath Traveler 2. Now, I'm going to start with the sort of formula for the episodes. I only have eight episodes, but it kind of works out that way. There are eight travelers. Now, there's not one episode is one traveler. They are very, in the game, they're very divergent stories that are very siloed. And you play in a party of four we all have all eight. You can switch in interchangeably, but you play at a party of four, but those characters don't interact in each other's stories. They're just in the fights for the most part. There's dialogue after a fight to sort of like, hey, that was kind of rough. You want to talk about that, about that buddy kind of stuff or little story bits that are really cool uh, when you're playing the game. But that is like one of the downfalls of the game, I would say, is you don't get a lot of active involvement by other characters that are involved when you have them. So this show is going to change that. Everyone's going to start off on their chapter one alone, but they're going to be paired with someone else in the team. And there's already pairings in the game because they have the, every, every, every traveler has a, has a person that is paired with them for a special conjoined quests that also happen through. So uh, basically, I'm not going to rehash what exactly happens to the story. That's going to happen a lot in the casting, so I can explain who the characters are. But um, So Oswald, which is our wizard, uh, if you remember he was in the prison, is paired with Particio, who is the merchant. Um, and that is episode one is their part one. And it, essentially what happens is divergent story. 
before like halfway through the commercial break or whatever, you know what I mean? Like first half of the episode is Oswald. Second half is Particio part one. And, and I'm not going to make them full like chapter to chapter. Like I'm going to have their whole story there, but I do want to either squish or stretch chapters or whatever. So to make it more, make more sense. But essentially at the end of each of their, at the end of Particio's part of the episode, we're going to have a little bit of a segment where they sort of run into each other and that starts the episode too. So like, but another thing that I want to do is that people end up doing things in cities that, that do match up that aren't, they aren't going to see each other. And what I want to do is like, so when you're working with Oswald and he gets to a certain point, you'll see part like I'll be back. Sure. Um, so you'll see a, like a, uh, like a, just in the background, right? You'll see one of the travelers just like a little in, and in episode one, you're not going to know who that is right at all. So episode two would start in episode one kind of looks like a recap, but then it focuses in on that person. And now we're looking at their story. Um, so like those kind of like transitions and stuff. So, uh, like I said, Oswald and Particio part one is chap is episode one. Ochet, who is the huntress uh, that's a cat girl, is paired with Casty, who's the apothecary who lost her memory. Uh, so that's episode two. Their, their first parts. Temenos, the cleric, is paired with Throne the thief uh, for episode three. And then episode four is Agnia the dancer, is paired with Hikari the disposed warrior who's kicked out of his kingdom. Um, so like those are like the first can sort of like now you have all these like eight stories and you're like, okay, so who's going what? But at the, basically some sort of meetup between the two character pairings. And now they are going to each other's story bits together on episode two. So Oswald and Perticio are together for episode five, Ochet and Casti, Temenos and Throne and Agni and Hankari. Now that's sort of like the formula for season one. This would have to be a multiple season show because there's not enough time to go through their whole, usually five chapter stories. So there's probably at least going to be three, maybe even four seasons to sort of finish up everyone's story. And then there's a final season that is everyone is together because there is a, there is a final storyline that is everyone working at once. And there are cutscenes with everyone talking to each other and everyone because uh, it's 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 inferred in the game up to that point that they all know each other and they're all traveling together, the, all eight of them, but they don't really make that clear. So I'm going to make that a little more clear in this where the two of them are working together, but then at the end, the eight of them start working together and form a bond and then deal with the end of the eight. But we're only focusing on that. So Without further ado, I'm going to get to the freaking long cast because every story has many things. So uh, what I want to do is basically I'm going to tell you who the character is, a little bit about what their part is in the story, and give the actor and a little, just a little tidbit of where they're from because not everyone's going to recognize everyone. Like I don't. I had to Google three of your people, I think, while you were talking because I'm just... I'm not good with actors. I really not. So like, cause that's why I was on Google the whole time I was doing this. Cause I was like, what about that one guy from that one thing? Like I, I, you know, I don't. And then there's some weird picks in here because it's me. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to start with Oswald. Uh, so Oswald being the sort of learned wizard, 
his character essentially is, you know, I've talked about him a lot with you, but so the audience knows uh, he is a wizard. He's been, his mouth has been shut up like the iron mask uh, because he is accused of murdering his family. It's not really the case. He's wrongfully imprisoned and he's trying to escape and basically get back at the person who framed him, which he knows is a, a man by the name of Harvey. Uh, that is played by John Krasinski. And if you're unfamiliar familiar with John Krasinski, he's from The Office. He's from he's uh, A Quiet Place. He's a pretty famous actor. If, you, if you're only a Marvel movie fan, he's Mr. Fantastic from the Doctor Strange universe, multiverse. Um, so Oswald is John Krasinski. Uh, the... Uh, the man named Emerald, who in in um, Oswald's story story sacrifices himself for Oswald's freedom, uh, is Sean Bean, <laughs> and I say, because he dies. Because he dies. Everyone knows. Uh, that was one of the crossovers. Um, but yeah, Sean Bean, Lord of the Rings, you know, Game of Thrones. Um, Lady Clarissa, who is Oswald's assistant before he's imprisoned and actually keeps his shop clean and upgoing and does her own research once he's gone, is played by Natalie Portman, uh, known for Black Swan and Queen Abadala in the Star Wars series. Um, Harvey, who is the bad guy and essentially his old associate and uh, is the one who kills and kidnaps uh, uh, Oswald's daughter. Uh, kills and kidnaps his wife and kid just kidnaps the daughter. Um, and Harvey is played by James Marsden, uh, who is known for the movie Hop, uh, Sonic. He's also in X-Men and Cyclops. He's in one of my favorite movies, Interstate 60. I think James Marsden can play a fairly, uh, let's just say, overconfident, self-assured wizard. I think he could do that. Um, huh? Rita, who is Oswald's wife, who unfortunately dies and, and is uh, brought back as a sort of crazy zombie thing, is played by Jenna Fisher, who is Pam Beasley uh, in The Office. Huh? I had to. <laughs> uh, and Elena is, I didn't know, like child actors, get out of here. I don't know any child actors. So this was where this was Googling. This is the daughter in the quiet place, um, which is Millicent Simons. I think okay. is her name. And she is Elena, who is Oswald's daughter, who is kidnapped and, and then eventually freed. Uh, and then, like when I say eventually freed, like this is the end of Oswald's story. So we're way out there. But I feel like I have to ex describe the characters to, to so I have context of how to cast them. Um, because some of these characters don't won't be appearing in episode one. There's no one or episode one or season one. I mean, um, so we move on to Ochet. Ochet is the smallest, no tied for the smallest actors list. There's only three, um, but I did do some let's say targeted casting for some things. Ochet is the huntress. Her homeland and theming of the area is very much African style, very much like an African savanna. So mm -hmm. I tried to uh, tried to cast African-American actors for her story and try to be sort of true to the area. I did that with a couple different places um, because, to be honest, it was a Japanese RPG by Square Enix. 
they were either all American or Japanese looking. And that was it. There was no diversity at all. So I added diversity. Um, Ochet was is played by Zoe Saldana, um, Avatar, Star Trek, Ahura. Uh, uh, I feel she could do Gamora. the... Yeah, also Gamora. Um, I feel she could do a more upbeat... Ochet is a very naive and very upbeat character. I feel she could play that. She hasn't in a lot of things, but I feel she could. Um, Master Juva who is her sort of mentor and teacher and the current protector of the island, uh, is Idris Elba. The Beast uh, is the recent movie he's been in, um, which is dealing with a lion. Does he survive a lion attack? Um, Master Juva is a lion. That's part of it, too. Oh, (laughs) boy. Okay. (laughs) Really (laughs) on the nose there. He's a giant talking lion. And Akala which there's a choice between an owl and this weird jackal fox that is sort of Ochet's like guide slash friend. Um, Akala is the jackal fox that I chose in the game, so I'm going to keep with that. And he's sort of like a cool-headed, like, while uh, Ochet is very naive but very quick to do things, uh, Akala is sort of like the her companion that is the quick to reason and, like, cool down and, and very like that kind of thing. Uh, he is played by Michael B. Jordan, uh, known from Creed and um, the Black Panther first one. All right. So that is Ochet. Temenos, the cleric. Uh, this is not one I really did any sort of targeted casting for, um, but because there is some things going on here, I accidentally did this also too. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Throne because Temenos and Throne are paired together. But Temenos is played by Andrew Garfield, Amazing Spider-Man, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, the one about some play recently, I don't remember. Um, but he's a really good actor. He does sarcasm very well. Uh, and I will always say that I think Temenos is still one of my favorite characters because... Um, one of his lines, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's basically like, you know, like, you know, for the, you know, for the blessings of God or whatever, something like that. And he's like, or, or something like that. And he says at the end of the statement, like he's very sarcastic, even about his own faith. Uh, I feel Andrew Garthfield hits sarcasm pretty well. I mean, he's played a healer in Hacksaw Ridge. He was the, uh, the medic, uh, in that one. The Pontiff, who is, yeah, huh? Desmond Doss, I think. Desmond I think Doss, that's the full name, Private Doss. Doss oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not move. sure if it's yeah, yeah. Desmond or not. He was the conscientious, conscientious objector in World War II, but he went in as a medic. Um, the Pontiff, who is the preacher that is sort of over Temenos and sort of like his murder. The pontiff's murder is what sort of starts the whole thing. Uh, the pontiff is sort of getting at the core of a, a corruption in the church. Is played by Mark Hamill. Um, I put in my notes, okay. seriously, Star Wars. Like, if you don't know who Mark Hamill is, I can't help you. Um, <laughs> um, <Joker>. Mint. <laughs> yeah, the Joker, too. Um, Mint, uh, which is like the plant, Mint, except there's a D. So Mind, Mint uh, is played by Jenna Ortega, who is Wednesday, the Queen's Gambit and that kind of stuff. 
Um, I feel that she's okay. so she's her her she's not super important in the beginning. She's important when everyone comes together because she's actually a servant for essentially the dark god uh, that is not revealed until the end. She has been pulling strings the whole time. I feel that Mint could play a very innocent person that sort of flips eventually. Um, Crick, who is Temenos' great great friend, uh, and sort of like they kind of jab at each other quite a bit, but he's sort of like a muscle that works for the Sanctum Knights, is Chris Hemsworth, uh, Thor. Um, I picked him for he's a, he's a great actor in in the first place. I mean, uh, Cabin in the Woods, stuff like that that he's been in shows some of those other sides of him. Um, but uh, he he ends up being killed and betrayed. But but he is a good sort of like muscle to Temenos's, you know, like wit. You know what I mean? Or savvy. I, I he's not he's not unintelligent, but he's definitely you know, physically fit and physically, you know, there. Um, and then Caldina, who is the head of the Sanctum Knights and end up, ends up being the sort of like uh, the cancer inside of the Sanctum. She's the head of the Sanctum Knights and also the bad guy, the big bad guy, the, the corruption in the church. She is the cause of it. And the she is literally the whole head of the Sanctum Knights and she's the bad guy. Uh, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, also in the Fast and the Furious new movie. I feel Brie Larson could do a very tortured soul is basically what it is. Who hides a dark secret. Um, now we move on to throning. And the reason why I, I paired them, I didn't necessarily pair the actors together between, uh, the stories I've mostly focused on within their own stories, but it's funny because throne is Emma stone, which is paired with Andrew Garfield so he gets a chance for her not to die because he's the cleric. So <laughs> anyways, Emma Stone, easy A, you know, Amazing Spider-Man. It's all sorts of things she's been in. La La Land, that kind of stuff. Throne plays the uh, Throne, the thief who's sort, sort of trying to uncover the own mystery of her past, past and uh, is not really happy about you know, a lot of things in her life. She essentially wants freedom. She has a collar and if she tries to take it off, it will kill her. So she wants to get that collar off and she's stuck in this terrible, uh, like den of thieves and sort of fighting her way out. Uh, Donnie Pirro and Sirachi to describe them. They're sort of her like brothers in the guild. Um, Don, uh, Piro, not Piro, Donnie and Sirachi die very early on in the story, but they appear a lot in flashbacks and stuff. They're important to the story for setup and that kind of thing. So Donnie is played uh, by Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. Uh, Donnie has that sort of like, um, not that, not that Jon Snow can't look tough, but he does have that sort of like more innocent sort of style. He was like sort of got caught up in the thieves guild kind of deal. He, know, he knows nothing. Basically. Yes. Uh, Sirachi is a little bit more of a tougher guy, um, but also sort of caught up in things is played by Taylor Lautner. Um, so they're all sort of wrapped up together. He tends to act and think later in the, in, in from the little that you know him. Um, uh, 
which I think Taylor Lautner does that pretty well in the couple movies I've seen him in. And then Piero, who Piero, who ends up trying to kill you to raise to the top because basically the thieves guild, the secret agenda is everyone kills each other and whoever wins is on top. And uh, under the guise of honor among thieves and Piero is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, okay. the sneaky, he's one of the, your buds, but he is out to kill you and you end up killing him at the end of literally the end of chapter one. So he's sort of the start of the uncover of the thing. Uh, father who is the quote, I say father in quotes. It is sort of like the, one of the higher up people in the guild that you do have to kill to sort of, you basically have to replace the two top people, which are father and mother are their titles father is played by Robert Downey Jr. So an older man, very skilled. Have to he favors uh Throne. Uh he gives her a lot of attention because he thinks that she can get through. Um mother uh who is played by uh the character is a larger woman uh but in the thieves guild and does a lot through social stuff, you know, like the sort of social thief kind of thing. She's still deadly. Um, but she's played by Melissa McCarthy, um, because she also has a lot of, a lot of funnier lines, or at least she thinks they're funny, uh, in, in the story. Um, but I also could see, uh, Melissa McCarthy playing a more, I don't know, angry role. You may only see her like funnier stuff, but I've seen her in some, some more serious dramas and I could see her playing angry. There's something, there's one about a bird. Didn't she do the one where her and her their kid died and she's trying to find happiness again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Melissa McCarthy for that one. And Claude, who is the literal father of Throne and literally everyone else in the guild, uh, as revealed at the end, who is the big bad guy. And his whole thing is that he created a lot of children to kill him because he's an immortal and he wants to die. The story is very weird. He's played by Hugh Grant because Hugh Grant yeah. does a very good slimy villain. He really does. And he did it. He did it well in the D and D movie. And I was thinking about that when I wrote this. So Claude is Hugh Grant. All right. Next is Particio, the merchant. Uh, I don't think you guys are going to know this actor, uh, but but basically Particio is a very upbeat, very look on the bright side, uh, trying to help people through his gifts of merchantile wares. Uh, he is played by Tanner Buck, Buchanan. Sorry, um, He's in Cobra Kai. He's the sort of like pretty long-haired boy uh, in Cobra Kai. He's also in the... Oh, what's that weird makeup... Uh, there's a movie uh, in the 90s that is made fun of a lot for there was girl that put on, took off her glasses and cut her hair and suddenly she's popular. You're talking about She's All That? Yeah. There's a remake called He's All That and he's the remake guy in that um, as well. Um, I figured there might be some people in there you don't know. Uh, Pap, which is his father, which is sort of like a hardworking, just works at the silver mines there that they're at, uh, trying to make a living and try to look out for the town. It's played by Grant, Brian Cranston. Uh, and I have in my notes from Godzilla and that dumb meth show. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I did that on purpose. I know you guys. <laughs> I, but I, I like Godzilla. So I mean, like I, I know him from Malcolm in the Middle. I never watched Malcolm in the Middle. You mean but his? Yeah, I, you mean he his is witness man. protection days? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Mr. Rock, who is the guy who sort of screws over the town and sort of is the impetus for Particio going uh, going out and helping the world instead of using money for greed. Uh, basically, Mr. Rock is the idea of not doing that, like his, his anti-example, uh, sort of like the sleazy businessman that is the antagonist of the story, is played by Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. Okay. So I wanted to use Rowan Atkinson, and I feel like Rowan Atkinson needs to not be a goofball for once. So he could be a little bit of a goofball in this because the uh, Mr. Rock isn't uh, the brightest cookie, but he's very, very business savvy, I would say. Um, this is going to be a weird one because uh, there's another one you guys probably haven't seen, but Never Have I Ever. It's a Netflix show. Wait, uh, I think I think I have seen that. It's about an Indian girl who basically just tries to to offer herself up, offer her virginity up to the most popular guy in school. No, I and don't think like I watched that. No, nope, it doesn't ring a bell. But she has anger issues, like very big anger issues, and it's narrated. It's funny. It's a fair funny show. It is the 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 story is narrated by. Oh, I can't remember his name right now. The tennis player who's known for being just absolutely angry and terrible. Uh, and um, I'm going to Google it. Angry tennis player. Um, yeah. Uh, what is his name? Uh, no. No. Uh, what? Uh, he was, he's so angry in tennis that, uh, that in Mr. Deeds, they actually go out. He actually gets like bad publicity with him. Andy Roddick? No. I'm oh, yeah. Breeden. Uh, McEnroe. Names names of men who have had tantrums john McEnroe. there you go no he's he's known for being extremely angry uh for, for that kind of stuff sorry um john McEnroe is the narrator of the show it's a really funny show it's a it's a it's high school age it's kind of weird you know high schoolers trying to sleep with each other but it's really funny um that being said she plays Ori, who is the sort of like news reporter that follows Particio around. Like a lot of his story bits is he ends up in a newspaper trying to help the world, that kind of stuff. And this new this uh, news reporter girl is following him around. Uh, and then Gif, who was sort of like an early boss and the guy who was sort of like left to sort of run the town into the ground when Mr. Rock left, sort of like a lackey of Mr. Rock to begin with, is played by Jonah Hill. Um, just sort of like Jonah Hill has that lackey energy. You know what I mean? Like the, just like the, I'm in charge until I'm not kind of deal. 
I feel like his character in Don't Look Up would be perfect yeah, for this. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Very She's much coming so. Back. She's yeah. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like Don't, Don't Look Up quite a bit. Um, so, so that is that. Uh, I will come back to Ori because later on in the story, there's a reason why I specifically cast... Oh, I didn't say her name. Sorry. Ori is played by... Bear with me here. I cannot... This is a hard name to pronounce. Um, her name is... Oh, gosh. I lost my spot, too. All right. All right. Maya, Tre- Maya Treyi Ramakrishan. Whew. Uh, there's a reason for that, because... Later on, I have cast uh, all uh, American Japanese actors, and she is one of them. So, next to this, one of the smaller ones, Casty, who is the apothecary who forgot her past um, and is sort of being trying to rediscover her past, figure out why everyone hates the group of apothecaries that she's part of. Um, she is played by Emma Watson. Uh, known for being Belle in the remake of Beauty and the Beast and, of course, Harry Potter's Hermione. Uh, yeah, that's the big one, I know. <laughs> I wanted to go with a more or wallflowers or stuff like that. Um, and Malaya, who is her sort of like Tyler Durden, you learn later on, but like the apothecary that sort of pushes her along the way is really just a figment of her imagination that is... Uh, one of her old buddies who dies in the event uh, that sort of causes her memory loss and the whole big deal. Her Tyler Durden character, uh, Malaya, is played by Elizabeth Olsen or Wanda. I feel like it should be Anya Taylor-Joy and then it's Last Night in Soho. (laughs) Maybe, but I I think Elizabeth Olsen can do the very... I don't know. I think she can play the character the way that Malaya was because Malaya is very factual, but then gets really emotional at times. Like there's like a switch there. Um, and then Trisel, which is a really weird name, um, is, (laughs) I did this on accident, but I like it, uh, is played by Rupert Grint, uh, Ron Weasley. Um, but basically he's, he's the bad guy in her story. He snaps, uh, he has a patient that dies and he can't figure it out. So he snaps and he says, you know what? Everyone should die. So he creates this poison purple rain and that's what kills all of her team and this whole village, which is why everyone hates their their thing. And he's off in a plan to go kill a whole nother city and kill everyone in the world with his crazy purple rain poison. And uh, yeah, Rupert Grint can be- definitely play the person who snapped. I can see it. <laughs> um, so there. That's Casty. This is a long one. I'm really sorry ahead of time. Uh, Agnia, who is the dancer. There's a lot of characters in her story, which made it a lot more interesting and a lot more in-depth than I expected when I first played the game. Um, this one is kind of kind of targeted on my uh, casting. because There's a lot of singers and dancers because she's a dancer in the story, and there's a lot about becoming a star performer and that kind of thing. So Agnia herself, who wants to become a star based on her mother was a star and she's always just, her dream is just to become, you know, a dancing star. It's played by Anna Kendrick, Pitch Perfect, Trolls, 
you know, a lot of music, a lot of singing parts in her career. Um, Paula, who is her younger sister, is played by Sophie Turner. And Sophie Turner is Sansa Stark. She's also in, uh, was it called Tall Girl? Is the Netflix movie. Um, basically, Paula is just her younger sister that takes care of their dad. And Kawani, who is their mother who died, uh, who was a huge megastar. Um, Jennifer Lopez. Wedding planner. Also just being Jennifer Lopez, being an amazing How did <laughs> Jennifer star. Lopez have a redhead? We're not worrying about that yet. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't cast it on hair color. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and Garad, for his very stoic and very quiet performance in most of the movie, is Keanu Reeves. He just... He can play the sad man very well. Um, that's... Yeah, that's their father, who is very quiet... Uh, Gus, who is the tavern owner of the first uh, the town, her hometown, and believes in her, and kind of has a crush on her, but doesn't do much about it. Michael Sarah from Juno, and um, was it Superbad that he was into? Was it was yep. he one of the ones in yep. Superbad? Yeah. Um. So yeah, and of course, he Scott was also Miller. himself in This Is the End. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I didn't I see this as the end. He gets uh, speared by a uh, light post. Mm. That sucks. <laughs> uh, Gil, who is another tavern owner uh, that sort of sort of that used to play a lot of piano, but kind of gave up on himself, uh, just sort of runs the tavern now. But uh, along the way, Agnia sort of re-inspires him uh, is Donald Glover. Known from, you know, Childish Gambino, the community, you know, he was in uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also Atlanta, his uh, show. Yeah. Uh, The theater manager in which uh, she thoroughly destroys his life by uh, basically the theater manager in this story dresses down a lot of people. And she's like, no, you can't like, you know, her her. Agnia's story is a lot about inspiring people and making people happy. And the theater managers is basically just a mid tier bad guy that keeps popping up a lot. Uh, he's a, he's important because he comes up a lot. Um, but, uh, he has a lot of comedic parts where he's like, there's sort of like physical comedy with him a lot. Um, not a whole, not a whole lot of physical comedy, but it, basically he's funny. He's comic relief. He's a bad guy, but he's comic relief. Uh, I made him Gabriel Iglesias. The comedian. Um, so I did a lot of performers in this one, obviously. Giselle, who is a uh, wandering uh, talent, who is a comedian, uh, who Agnia inspires to keep going and is becomes a fast friend, is played by, played by Kristen Bell. Uh, good Place and several other great shows that she's in and movies, too. I, I have The Good Place. That's where I know her most from. But... Um, now I said this. This is the only one I don't have their name. It's called the Crazy Girl because the Crazy Girl is actually one of the other girl's sister, and she's tricked and she's very religious, and she says, "Oh Lord," and that kind of stuff. Like I call her crazy because she basically 
brings on this great darkness and summons a dark god and that kind of thing. But she's acts like an innocent girl that's part of the comedy troupe for a long time. Uh, is Anne Hathaway. Devil Wears Prada, you know. I thought you were going to go Gotta with know. Mia Goth. No. Catwoman. <laughs> if I were to really pin her from something I, that I first knew her from, it would be Princess Diaries. <laughs> um, okay, so. Oh, goodness gracious. Lalia, who is kind of a weird story, but Lalia is the girl that is sort of a troublemaker in one of the towns. Agnia sort of turns her around by teaching her to channel her anger through dance and art instead of like bullying people and graffiti. Uh, she is played by, uh, do I have her twice? I do. I do have her twice. Sorry. Anya Taylor-Joy, right? No, I don't. You didn't. Did I? I th- no, I said Anya Taylor-Joy for That's the what Tyler Durden character. Yeah, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Sorry, that threw me off. Okay. Anya now, the last Taylor two. Joy. That's all That's I hear clever. now. That's all I hear now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, almost done with Agnia. Uh, and then Hikari's the last one. Veronica, who is the sort of hired muscle for the main antagonist, literally just bodyguard, super buff woman, Michelle Rodriguez. She's known for doing that kind of role, the sort of like angry, tough woman. Uh, Fast and Furious series, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. She also plays the barbarian in that. Um and then Dulcinea, who is the main antagonist, who is the current superstar, was trained by her mother, but sort of like took her teachings and made it about greed instead of helping the world. And just really just involved in herself is Eva Mendez. Uh, if you've known her from Hitch or Ghost Rider, those are the kind of things I saw her in. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's the that's the big one for that. And the last one, uh, I will p- call back to Ori. This is the last one. This is all the, the Japanese and Japanese-American and one Chinese. There's Not all of them are Japanese. I do have some Chinese and Korean actors in here too, but Asian because this is a very Asian story. Uh, Hikari's story about, you know, like military honor and that kind of stuff. A lot of samurai kind of stuff in there, which... So... Starting that off, uh, also from Never Have I Ever, which you guys haven't seen, Hikari is played by Darren Barnett, uh, who is Paxton Hall in in the show. And um, Hikari is the the main character. He's like basically trying to reclaim his kingdom and that kind of stuff. Uh, Basically, Paxton uh, Paxton Hall from Never Have I Ever, which is Dan Barnett. Dan Barnett is basically the right age and the right kind of look I was going for is essentially where it was. Um, but he, he plays the, uh, the super hot guy and never have I ever that the other girl throws herself at, uh, and is actually quite a deep character in that show. Uh, Kazan, who is sort of like the master tactician that it works with Hikari, um, is played by Jackie Chan. Now he's the one that isn't Japanese, but he's Chinese. Um, 
I don't. I'm not even gonna list. You know who Jackie Chan is. Everyone who's Jackie Chan is. I'm not gonna list anything. Like no. I said, do I even need to in my notes? Um. Yeah, Kazan is uh, is actually the older brother to Ori, and Kazan and Ori are part of the people who orchestrate the end and the revising of the Dark God, along with some other people in the conspiracy. Um, and that's why Ori is the one Japanese uh, or the one Asian actor in Particio's story. Uh, Mugen, who is Hikari's older brother who is the bag, bad guy who wants to continue the kingdom legacy of slaughter and blood is played by Ken Watanabe. And if you don't know him, he's in the last samurai. He's sort of like the, uh, the peaceful leader in that, but also he's in Godzilla. He's the one who says, let them fight. Um, the, the sort of like researcher guy. Um, Jigo Ku, who is their father, who used to be the general who who was terrorizing the nation and conquering stuff, but decide but learned through Hikari towards the end of his life that he was erred in his ways and he must try to make peace. But then he just dies. Uh, it's played by James Hong. Uh, James Hong, for those of you who don't know, is the goose in Kung Fu Panda. He's a very famous uh, uh, voice actor for a lot of sort of like those old old man roles. He was even played an uh, older man in um, Everything Everywhere. Big Trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he yeah. no, he's in that. Yeah, he's definitely in that. Uh, big Trouble in Little China. He plays the uh, the big ba- big end boss guy. Uh, that's where I was going with. Kura, uh, who is Hikari's mother who is murdered, is played by Michelle Yeoh, who is Everything Everywhere All At Once, the main actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ritsu Mishuyo is one of Hikari's good friends, but uh, ends up allying with Mugen and is a constant thorn in Hikari's side. He doesn't want to kill him because they used to be good friends. But um, yeah, Ritsu is very much an antagonist. Uh, he's played by Harry Shum Jr. This is one of the few I didn't know. If you recognize that name, it's some Stomp the Yard and other things like that. Um, which I did see, but I don't remember that movie. That was like high school days. And then Rai Mei, uh, who is uh, who is the other part of sort of like the good friends trio in Hikari's story, is played by Gemma Chan, who is uh, Cersei in the Marvel's Eternals movie, which I did not see. Okay. But that was the most recognizable thing I could find her in. And that is the whole casting and story. I am sorry that it's so long, but basically the story is said through the characters mostly in mine rather than the plot, because if I was going through the plot, it'd be very longer. Um, but yeah, there we go. And I had to cast all of those people. In fact, I probably could have cast the rest of Casty's party that died because at one point they do play an important part, but I couldn't find their names to even try in the game. So why try to cast them if I can't find who their names are in the game? So there we go. Sorry. That was extremely long. I'm sorry. I know, but there's probably like 45 minutes of me doing that by myself. Just about. So, um, it was a great premise, Sasha. I put a lot of thought and a lot of work into this. Um, 
And I think I would have done that for any movie I was doing, but I would have been doing that for the plot instead of the cast if it was something like Doom or, you know, something like that I had done. Because like, how do you make that more interesting? Because uh, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I like the Doom movie. I really do. I love The Rock and I mean, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think if you go into it not expecting it to be anything but fun action, then you will be pleased. Yeah. No, don't even, I I can't even describe how how, how loud I yelled in the theater when it went to first person mode in that movie. And I was like, what oh my gosh that's so amazing like i was so it was literally me and my brother and one high school friend that saw that movie in the theater no one else was there and it was just us and it was fun so hbo octopath traveler 2 um the only other note i have for the whole show is that they are gonna have to use the music in that game the music in that game is phenomenal and played by a full orchestra and you're gonna have you have character themes and stuff playing while while they're there so you could even lightly put that in while they're talking and stuff in the background yeah lord of the rings has themes anytime they're talking about the ring there's that like 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 always there's like themes for certain characters in lord of the rings like they could easily do this in this game uh, and this show, like I said, they do it in the game and you can do it in the show. Um, so like that, like that would be the only other note I would have for my show. It's just the music would have to be there. Although it would have a, it would, the problem with it being an HBO show. And I, I think this is the weakness for it is that there isn't going to be a lot of sexy times. And that's a lot of thing in HBO shows. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's sexy characters for sure, but there's not a lot of outright sex in this game. Like, it just doesn't I mean, happen. Still in Skarsgård and uh, Chernobyl. Pretty good. Uh, sure, I didn't watch Chernobyl. Wait, there's a sex scene in Chernobyl? Isn't that <laughs> no, a horror there isn't. one? That's the, no, oh. that's the joke. <laughs> he also didn't pick a very sexy person for that either. <laughs> I don't. I know their plays, names. I don't know what they look like. He plays like a gruff, like party, like a military commander. Got you. Hey, you know, some people could be into that. Not me, but <laughs> some people could. Oh boy, I have no clue what I'm gonna do because you guys both had bangers two weeks in a row, and it, there's a lot of pressure on me to pick something good. Or come up with something good. So we'll see. Because I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I've been coming up with a lot of ideas over the years. And most of mine were lists for a long time. But that's because I listened to a video game list and I hated it. And then I talked to, uh, I talked to Pan and Morg at the time. And a little bit of Ace. Like, we got to do some lists. Because I feel like mm-hmm. people are just doing it wrong. And then, so over the years, we've, we've evolved what we're doing. So I mean, you said you were thinking of uh, pilfering my idea. Possibly, but I don't want to do it that soon. I want to save that for another time. Yeah. yeah. So you had mentioned because uh, of Brian Cranston 
you enjoyed uh, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier today, I got my ass handed to me by Ghidorah. Because I, I incidentally went to an area that I was not prepared for in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. And I encountered a... So, where it is is the uh, Colosseum, where in yeah. the first game you fight uh, a Lionel. I think a silver Lionel. Uh, mm-hmm. It, in uh, Tears of the Kingdom, it is a three hundred, or three hundred, a three-headed uh, electric dragon, and I had initially uh, climbed to the top of the Colosseum, and I looked down yeah. to see what was in it, and I just see pretty much the entire like ground floor of the Colosseum. So. Uh, Oh, it's empty. Space Let's go down occupied. there. Space occupied. No. I saw oh. you could see it. Most of the uh, ground floor is taken up by the dragon. And oh, no. I was like, oh, 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 no. And Andrea was sitting next to me on the couch. And she was like, what did you find? And I was like, oh, I should stay away from that. And I showed her just three yeah. three-headed dragon. And she was like, go mess with it and i was like sure okay. yeah and me Ugh. with uh three fairies got just just absolutely ass rocketed into <laughs> the afterlife oh uh, boy so initially he because i only have four hearts right now uh, okay. Initially, it laser beamed at me, took out one, and then it has ones that sort of like can track or strike, and mm-hmm. I maybe did like I don't know one like fiftieth of its health. Okay. I was like, Alright, I'm going to just go around this when I respawn. And uh, we'll come back to that later. We'll okay. Table, we'll table this battle and get back to it when we get back to it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten far at all. Like I said, I played like maybe 30 minutes. I have gotten two powers. And I am still on the beginning island. Or whatever it is. And uh, the girls... Sky. Yeah, the girls saw me play the initial part because they kind of like Zelda and Link and that kind of stuff. And they saw the part where uh, there's there's the cutscene where because you start off the game like the where like if you had almost a hundred percent the the past game, you've got twenty hearts, you've got all this yep. cool equipment and stuff, and then the guy shoots your arm with whatever power and breaks the bastard sword, and like. You can see your hearts just melt, just like all the way down to three. And the girls were like, no, daddy, stop. They're killing you. Like, I was like, I just cut scene girls. Like, I can't do anything. I'm going to be um, fine. I will say that very much gave me immediate Princess Mononoke vibes. 
because of oh, the sure. uh, the blight that is in that. Um, I mean, I, so I say, oh, far, sure, having never seen that movie, but okay. There's there's a blight that infects the uh, main character's arm, and it's essentially like a monster that can like mm -hmm. rise up at any point, and he okay. has to like control it. Uh, so far, that isn't a factor, but we'll see. Well, I wonder if it will, but definitely gave me those are... vibes, especially with like the like tendrily way yeah. that the uh, the blight went in and attacked slash hit Link. Yes, I, I will say in my defense, Sasha. I know you get you gave me a face when I said I hadn't seen that movie. It is on my list of movies to see, along with The Thing. Like, <laughs> I love movies, and I've seen a lot, but there are certain ones that I just haven't seen yet. And a lot of them that people scoff at me of are, are horror movies, because I was not a horror movie kid. I did not grow up watching them. So... The Thing is the next on my list. I own it. I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, and then Princess Mononoke, I've heard, is really good. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of anime, of course, so I haven't. You've got no excuse now because it says it's on HBO Max. All of the Ghibli stuff is. I've seen Ponyo, and I don't like Ponyo. Ponyo's weird. Princess Mononoke, Brave of the Fireflies, when Marnie was there. Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's I've Moving seen Castle. Howl's, I've seen Howl's Moving I owned it at one point. It was a favorite of my ex-wife's, and I have seen it. Ripley loves Spirited Away, and she calls it, she says she wants to watch Spirited Mom and Away. Dad turning into piggies. <laughs> There's one in that state. Style that I really Totoro. Yes, Ripley's a big Totoro fan. Currently, her Totoro bag is stuffed with pickle cats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen my neighbor Totoro, but I have seen a movie in that style that I like, which is called Wolf Children. That one's fun. I do like that. Uh, that's about a mother who. The father was a wolf, maybe, or a werewolf of sorts. Uh, and the children figure out their wolves while living in the country uh, and figure out that they, you know, the daughter sort of like is like more control of her. She can like turn into a wolf at any point. She can just do it. And the son is not really great at turning into a wolf, but it's sort of like a little growing up story of her kids sort of like deciding which side of their life they want to be on and they want to interact with people more or be part of the wild more. That kind of thing. It's a really cool movie. I like it. But it is very much a Studio Ghibli style movie. Same hearts and that kind of stuff in the movie as well. I have it somewhere also, around here. There was also on, I think it was on Netflix, there was also an interesting animated movie I saw similar to uh, Grave of the Fireflies that takes place during 
World War Two. Yeah, I mean, Howl's Moving Castle also does take place at that time. It's either one or two, but one of them. Very military part, because Howl comes back from fighting quite often. Um, it's been a while since I've seen that one, though. But, you know, I might have time to watch these things if I wasn't watching and learning about so, so much Lord of the Rings lore to dis, disprove this stupid theory I heard last week. I think you could table it just so you could watch the thing. I could. I could. But I, I was... You have no idea how much that messed me up because I was mad about that theory Monday. <laughs> like, oh like it got around to Monday and I was like, this is stupid and ridiculous and how could anyone say this? And I was just... I watched... I tried to watch it on... Um, I have a physical 4K of, of the Lord of the Rings and it it actually started locking up. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I stopped watching it and then I ended up buying it digitally on Voodoo because it was like $15 for the whole trilogy. I was like, why not? That's not bad. Like, so I did that and then I watched more of it but I didn't finish and then I did more research and I just, I just, I got it, it got away from me and then you put up this thing and I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing now. So I haven't really gamed too much. I did play some of the Star Wars uh, Survivor, the the Jedi Survivor. I did not get far. I had hoped to finish it this week. No, I didn't even. It's like I didn't even try. I played a lot. I really did. But I did a lot of side questing, <laughs> not a lot of progressing. <laughs> did you uh, unlock the mullet yet? Oh my god! I did. I'm dying I... about the TikToks about the mullet. Oh my god! <laughs> I did not equip the mullet. No, I did not. He has his just his beginning standard hit long like hair, and I gave him the full beard because beard. I like beards. Yeah, so. I've been seeing a lot of people, uh, doing the yeah the mullet lightsaber lightsaber blaster combo with the mullet and like the beard and then setting it to the uh i think what is it called team america or whatever america oh my god oh no (laughs) oh no have you seen the don't tread on me ones Oh my god! No, oh I haven't. My god. That sounds. I, I'll have hilarious. to find it and send it to you. I I do not use t- TikTok, and I never have, and I will not because they are still in trouble for sending people's personal data to <laughs> to uh, was it China or Russia? One of the two. So no, oh, yeah. I'm not on TikTok, and not even close. Like. They were unequivocally proven of doing it this last week. That is the one political thing I know. Like the I'm findings pretty sure were like, so was Facebook. We got a Facebook, so. No, no, no. Well, Facebook was selling advertiser data. This was selling personal data. You haven't gotten the notification from Facebook that says you may be entitled to a settlement from the class action lawsuit when they violated your data? Nope. Oh, well, I that's a not. current... Uh, a current notification in my feed. 
Well, I, I don't have my phone with me right now. I, the girls took it to bed, so maybe it is there. Or Emery swiped it away, like she swipes most things away. No, because it stayed even after I, even after I uh, read it. Yeah, it says, you may be entitled to receive payment from a lawsuit that was recently settled. Learn more. Facebook shared people's data with third parties and did not monitor how that data was accessed and shared. Gotcha. I will say there's you a bit well of a difference. might as well just get a TikTok. For, well, I, can, I can't avoid that that happened on Facebook. I've had a Facebook since 2007. But I don't have a tip, TikTok, so I don't have to do that. Not like I'm leaving a platform I was on. You know, like just not going on a platform I wasn't on. So. I just mean the data's already out there. I mean, as a person who's had his identity stolen, I get it. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm just like, I, I can't. I don't know. I just something I heard and I was like, nope, still not getting on TikTok. Every time I hear. <laughs> if I can avoid it, I will. If I could have avoided it with Facebook, I would have. But I was a teenager who wanted to talk to the girls in his classroom on Facebook. So there we are. <laughs> All right. So um, I don't have anything else today. Um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been gaming too much other than I did the Diablo 4 service slam mostly today. And we watched the Mario movie. And I actually got the kids a day early this week. They called me like, hey, can we come over? I was like, yeah, come on. So they came over Thursday night instead of uh, Friday night. So I've I've been dealing with the kids more and with no great air conditioning in the house, just sort of trying to keep them cool and them entertained and not doing a lot of gaming myself. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Been on the computer and doing this stuff. So. Alrighty. Uh, next week I will come up with something. I will let you guys know as early as I can think of it and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot coming up for me personally, like game stuff other than breath. I was waiting for breath of the wild and I barely got to play it. So hopefully getting some more time into it tonight. If I don't get tired and fall asleep. So we'll see. Uh, anything else from you guys? No, no. Okay. So we'll call it there. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. Um, if you want to keep up with us at Hunter sub pod on Twitter, and, uh, if you want to keep up with ACE on Twitter, it's at ACE Badger gaming and be sure to join the discord. Uh, we had some fun chats. We got some mother's day stuff going on, by the way, happy mother's day tomorrow. Uh, it's Sasha and do you pan when you're listening? Uh, cause she's definitely gonna be listening to this episode. She said, and, uh, yeah. We're going out to Golden Corral for my mom tomorrow. And I got her yeah. a, 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 she's she's a big, um, a, I keep saying sa- Sound of Music in my head, but that's not the right movie, even though she is. Wizard of Oz. So I got her like a giant Wizard of, Wizard of Oz pop with a poster in it. That's cool. I've nice. been reading that to Ripley. <clears throat> We're almost done. Cece's been reading Harry Potter. So she's been really into that. 
And I went to go show her the movie, and she was like, I've already seen it. And I was like, okay, I guess you watched it in ROM, so we watched Star Wars instead. <laughs> We've been getting through, like, a chapter a night, and I was I was a little surprised at how uh, graphic some of the violence was. Oh, yeah. 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 See, when I was a younger adult slash teenager, I always kind of wanted to read the Salvatore books to my kids. But then I, there's a there's like a straight up harem scene in one of the chapters. Well, and I was like, I've never Ooh. read Wizard of Oz, so I, I was a little blindsided by it. But yeah, you know, it's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not too worried about it at this point because I did have to explain what sex was to the girls last time they were over. Because they were saying some things and I didn't understand what they were saying. So I was like, you really want to know how that happens? You, Yeah. So I told them. And they were like, ew, gross. I'm never having kids. Like, that was immediately what Emery said. Never. I was like, okay. <laughs> hope that works out for you. I mean, well, she's six. She has no idea what she's saying. Thanks, everyone, again. Uh, once again, I have delayed the uh, end of the show. But, uh, we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.